Good afternoon, everybody. This is your DFS Army Bold Calls NBA DFS podcast for March 11th, 2019. And I am your host today, Boomer's Daddy. Joining me, as always, the one, the only, the Salty Laker fan, Chai. What's up, Bear? What's up, man? Sorry, I got to give you a little bit of like flack and uh, but I promise that's the last time I'll ever do it unless like something crazy just happens. But one of the reasons why I did that today is did you guys just see who you signed to a 10 day contract? Yeah, we did the same thing last year. (laughs) Okay, I just wanted to make sure that you knew because uh, the now he did win us a lot of money last year on one slate. But that was one slate. The overall experiment of this gentleman is basically what he's been relegated to the last, what, three years of? Three years of the three Last three years this time of year? Um, he's a roster filler towards the end of the season for, well, the last two years, the Lakers. Um, and that's pretty much what he's been doing. So, yeah. Yeah, he's uh, he's he's basically the sign that the season's over. Yeah, yeah. So, which I mean, I don't think you guys really needed to make this signing in order for it to happen, but you at least yeah. know and understand. So, yeah. um, but the Lakers aren't on the slate today. The Thunder are. The Nets are. The Rockets are. The <laughs> our favorite game of the night. The Kings and the Wizards are. Uh, this is a nice, nice little six-game slate on a Monday afternoon or Monday evening. Uh, this is one of my favorite slates we've had in quite a while, so I like a lot of what I'm seeing here. Yeah, it's uh, definitely, definitely something um, that I, I really do enjoy. This slate is going to be, in my opinion, a lot, a lot of fun. So. Uh, want to touch on one thing i want i want to hit on this real quick okay um guys this is not the time of season to try to reinvent a process um other than what you're working on right now um how you've been doing it most of the season just because you're not having success at this point in the season doesn't necessarily mean you're on the wrong track now i say that leading into this um i don't think he's gonna mind me calling him out but i did have a nice little chat with uh our dfs army member magic school bus this morning or magic skull bus uh as in viking skull clap type thing so um and basically what i have figured out is he is in his head right now that can happen when you've had success in dfs no matter how big or small and then all of a sudden you go absolutely completely cold now he added another element of basically switching from fanduel to DraftKings about a week ago had a nice uh beginner slate and then hasn't won since now if you haven't played on <clears throat> DraftKings uh, and you're used to FanDuel, it can be a little bit of a culture shock just because of the fact that you have um, multi-position eligibility, you have all that good stuff that you have to 
um, have to get used to. So basically, this is what I did. I basically told him that he's getting in his head and we're going to simplify the process. And what I did by that is I basically took his everything that he's been doing and I cut it down to the nitty gritty. I gave him about 10 steps and told him, you're not doing anything but these 10 steps. I don't want you to worry about anything else other than these things. The first one is we readjusted his contest selection. Okay. Um, he's playing $17 and he's playing about 25 lineups, which in my opinion, this type of year, unless you've been doing it all year long and you understand the risk that it comes with playing just one lineup, you should be playing multiple lineups. Okay. Um, it gives you the opportunity to, um, kind of cover yourself if say somebody gets scratched and then it allows you to have multiple shots at, at different tournaments. Um, I didn't put him in anything over than $3. I had to max out the quarter. I had to max out the $1 single and I had to max out the $2 single and the $3 three. Basically the $3 um, uh, uh, three entry max, okay? Um, I didn't put him in the 50 cent one, 150 or anything like that. And I basically told him that he's going to run 25 lineups. Okay. He's going to use our DK coaches player pool. Uh, he's going to adore their core or his core. He's going to like anybody that put that uh, keg is today's DK coach, by the way, that puts a three or four star on there and it, or sorry, he's going to love the three or four stars. And then he's going to like anybody else that's on the player pool. Okay. And the only way he's going to deviate, deviate from that is based on the news um, or if he asks myself. He's not going to look at anything that FanDuel coaches are saying about their players or anything like that. Um, Skull, I know you're listening. I want to add one more thing. You are going to take the people that we love, love, love because on this show, we talk more about matchups and opportunities, and then we distinguish based on price. Um, I feel like it it allows us to talk better about you know who's in good spots and who's in not. You're gonna take those guys that we love, 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 and you're gonna put another love on there in the DS, and then you're gonna run it, okay? And basically, I told him that he needs to do this for the for the rest of this week, Monday through Friday, every day he plays. There are, for the next two weeks, Bear, there's not a slate lower than six games. Okay? And this is what I'm trying to have him establish is getting out of his head and him not having the confidence in being able to choose his own player pool based on the recommendation of coaches. Okay? I'm taking the guesswork out of it for him. Now, I do not recommend this for everybody. Okay. Uh, it is a good way to start building a process, but he's doing it on a new site. That is one of the reasons why I instructed him the way that he did or that I did. Um, what I would start doing, and Bear, you can correct me on this, is I would start gearing up and making sure that you have something sound to where... When we get into playoffs, the second week of April, 
that you are able to basically rock it out. Because the playoffs, just to let everybody know, the DFS army absolutely smashes because of the knowledge that we have in the game. And we can think along the same lines as NBA coaches with adjustments. Because you've got seven game series and just because what happens in game one doesn't mean it's going to happen in game two. And we can game theory around that and it is absolutely just... I, there's a Damian Lillard meme that or gift that I want to throw out there and it's just like... <laughs> so... Yeah, that's my little rant this morning. Uh, anything you want to add to that before we get going? No, just just that uh, another reason why we like this time of year is 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 because there is a lot of um, most most playoff teams already have their you know rotations pretty much set. And if you look today, outside of Cleveland, every game playing to, every team playing today has something to play for making it to the playoffs, staying in the playoffs, positioning, seeding every single team, Toronto, Sacramento, Washington, Detroit, Brooklyn, Charlotte, Houston, Utah, OKC, Boston, Clippers. Every single one of these teams has something to play for that they have to win. So that's, that's why I said earlier how much I love this slate because there's not too much tanking going on here. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, if you just look at uh, the standings, um, let's, uh, let's give a little bit of a rundown here. Um, Charlotte is out of the playoff picture right now, but they are tied with the Magic for the nine seed. But they're only a game behind uh, the Heat for the eight seed. Um, Brooklyn and Detroit, uh, who interestingly enough play each other tonight, they are jockeying for the 6-7 seed position. Mm -hmm. The winner yep. tonight um, either stays or goes into the 6 seed, depending on who wins. Boston needs to, uh, if they win tonight, they go a half a game closer to Indiana for that 4 seed, who is tied with Philadelphia. Toronto's trying to catch Milwaukee. Um, you know, and, well, the Wizards aren't really playing for anything, uh, and neither are the Kings. Um they're pretty much, well... It's not mathematically done. They still have right. a chance. Yeah, the Kings need to go on a, on a run, and Boston, need, and they need some help from uh, the Clippers' opponents. But, so they're not mathematically eliminated, but it, it, is, it is looking dicey for them. And they're, uh, playing, they're, they're playing under the premise that they're going to still have a chance to get in. So they're right. playing still really hard. And in their minds, they're, they're making the playoffs. Right. And Scott Brooks is not a guy that is going to sit back and just let his team get rolled over just because they're not in the playoff hunt anymore. Yeah. Um, I watched it for years. That's not, that's not his MO. Um, you know, the Jazz... Uh, they need to win tonight. They would pull within um, a game uh, and a half of the the five seed. Oklahoma City, um, if Houston loses tonight, they'll be tied with, uh, you know, those two teams will be tied again for the three seed um, with, I think, Oklahoma City holding the tiebreaker. I'm not quite positive on that one, um, but the season series isn't done yet, I don't think either. So, like, Every single one of these games, like you said, except for one, kind of pretty much has playoff implications. So, 
I love it. Like it, it is, like you said, it's, it's one of my favorite slates of the year so far. Um, you know, it's, there's two teams that don't have something to fight for. Yeah. So, uh, all right, let's, uh, let's go on to point guards here. Russell Westbrook. He is 11-3 on FanDuel. He is a whopping, pull it up. He's not expensive enough. On no, he's, he's, uh, he's 10 he's, eight on DraftKings. Too. He's cheap, cheap on both sides. Yeah, yeah. He's he's really, really, really cheap. Given his floor. But I will say this. Here's here's what we're going to see a lot of. We're going to see a lot of... Um, so one of the things that I start my research off with besides, you know, very similar to what Luce was saying this morning... Um, you know, I look at totals, I look at, you know, betting models, I look to see what stands out, which games I can attack that might not be as owned. The the totals on this game are are relatively low. Uh, 226. Right? That's pretty high for being in Utah. It is pretty high. But it's, when you look at it across, the, you know, all the other games... Like, it's pretty, it's pretty even, right? It's, it's the second highest one, but, but the first highest one, Washington Sack, is far and away the highest, and then you have everything else in the two, mid-220 range. So it's about even with the rest of them. It's half a point higher than the rest, than the second highest one. But my point here is, I look at the last several weeks, usually about two weeks. Sometimes I'll go as low as one week. Sometimes I'll do both and compare and see what positions each team on the slate has been doing well against and what position they haven't been doing well against. Utah has, they're the second best team at fending the point guard of all the teams on the slate over the past two weeks. Now, why do I bring that up? Because a lot of people um, will look at that matchup and say, oh, that's not good for Westbrook. And then they'll look at his recent games, and he's had some good ones, but he's had some bad ones. And they'll say, oh, he's too volatile. And so what I'm getting at here is I don't, I don't think you'll see a Chalk Westbrook today because they play Utah. Um, he smashes all bad matchups. So I it just I've seen it all year, maybe three years. I've seen it over and over and over and over and over again. Um, so I just the way I'm looking at this here, I really believe that. Westbrook is going to be a not again, he's not going to be single digits, right? But I don't see him being like 40% either. So I do like that opportunity given, you know, the lower ownership. Having said that, though, Keith, he's not my top point guard. He's not mine either. But I want to go ahead and add this into uh, if you look at his last uh, four games in mm-hmm. Utah, mm-hmm. okay? Um, you've got a 38.9. That was a couple days before Christmas. Um, then going back to last season, a 58, 34.1, 75.2, 39.7. It's not a slam dunk. Um, now with that said, typically more, more often than not, his smash games against Utah typically come at home as Mm -hmm. we saw the last time. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, they're not, they don't have Rubio. I think they're missing. I think that their point guard tonight is probably going to be Dante Exum. Mm -hmm. 
Well, I I say that. Well, yeah, because Rubio's out, Nito's out. So Nito's out, Exum, but, but remember, Exum is coming off of a long haul. I not playing, I, so unfortunately, I, I don't think he'll play that much. Well, that that's what I'm saying. That's their only available point guard, like yeah. true point guard. Um, their yeah. point guard's going to be Donovan Mitchell, and you're probably going to see Royce O'Neal start uh, for Rubio. Um, I don't. He, like I said, like you, like you alluded to, he's not our top guy, but he is a guy. Um, and he's got probably the highest ceiling of any of the point guards, not named Kyrie Irving. So I think you have to have one of those two tonight. Um, if you're fading both of them, you better hope that one of them doesn't go nuts, but it's it's one of those situations where like you can legit fade both of them because of the construction of the slate but i think the winning tournament lineup is going to have one of the two just because i don't foresee both of these guys absolutely like tanking i see one of these guys going for 65 yeah so yeah um who is your top point guard on the slate? Because I want to hear this. Because I think I know who it is. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going Kyrie. So a couple of reasons why. First of all, he's under 10K. Love that. Absolutely love that. Second of all, um, with all of the ownership, you know, heading towards Sac Washington, which I get. I, I really do. I get it. Um, the Boston Clippers is, I mean... I really love that game. Um, Boston, for the fact that Tatum is out, there's a lot of value there. The Clippers have been playing pretty well as of late, but across the board, like their point guard. So we've got to understand that Patrick Beverly is not their starting point guard. You look at all the different uh, sites and they, they designate him as a point guard slash shooting guard or Fandle, he's the point guard. <laughs> But he starts as their two guard, and they start Shaman at the three. And all three of those guys, uh, Gilgis Alexander, Alexander, as their point guard, all three of those guys are are Fanduel designated point guards. So that that's tough. Um, so I don't. Ultimately, they're gonna have the Celtics are gonna have Kyrie. They're gonna have Smart. They're gonna have Jalen Brown. They're gonna have Hayward. They're gonna have all those perimeter players out there. So I'm going to construct rosters today one of two ways. Um, Kyrie and some of the bigs for the Celtics or, you know, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, and, you know, some of the other guards for the Clippers. Like I'm not I'm not playing Kyrie and Hayward and Jalen because I don't see all three of those going off, although I will have that in some game stack lineups. But outside of the game stack lineups, um, I just think this game is going to be up and down, run and gun, and a lot of points. So I really like that game in general. And Kyrie, you know, Tatum being out is yet one more uh, volume ball handler slash shooter to take away from, you know, from Kyrie that now, you know, gets him even more opportunities. So. Yeah, um, I really do like Kyrie. 
Uh, there's a lot of Celtics I actually have uh, interest in, but Kyrie's obviously the favorite. Uh, he's, you know, he's going to have the ball in his hands the whole time. Um, and it, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me at all. Now I am interested to see if they stick Pat Bev on him. They will uh, at some point. They will at some point. And then at that point, like, see, here's my thing is I like Kyrie, but it's not that Pat Bev can, um, can't shut him down. For stretches, I it, like contain him. I guess that's a better word. Contain him. Um, in that case, I, I don't think I'm going to be pairing guys like um, Jalen Brown and Kyrie together because I think if you know at some point Kyrie is going to have to defer to some of these other guys, right? Um, and I don't like. I don't know. It's just hard. Um, I have a lot of interest in a lot of Boston guys. I just don't know how much interest I have in a, a lot of them together. Yeah, that's pretty much what I said, right? It's either Kyrie. Uh-huh. So if I do, ha- I want to stack another Celtic with Kyrie. It'll probably end up being like either a Morris or a Horford. Okay. Um, but it's not going to be any of the other perimeter guys. And if I don't play Kyrie, I don't mind playing, you know, like two or three of the other Celtics. Yeah, like I think you can play Jalen Brown and Gordon Hayward together now that Jason Tatum's out. Um, I think you can play Horford um, as well. Uh, Aaron Baines is on a you know a minutes restriction, um, so you're going to see some Daniel Tice and some uh, Semi Ojale uh, soaking up some of those those backup minutes uh, down low as well. Um, like I love Al Horford. I love Marcus Morris. I don't know if I would play those two together either. Mm. Um, like it's it's got you've got to be very very intentional in my opinion with how you how you play these Boston guys. Um, and but it all starts with how much Kyrie are you gonna want to expose yourself to. That's that's the first question you have to answer, and then you can answer every other question after that. Um, what about De'Aaron Fox, Thomas Sadoransky in that game? Like, I I think both of them are going to be pretty pretty heavily owned. Um, yeah, yeah. I think so too. I like I like Fox more than I do Sato. Uh, I'm willing if if Sato starts to creep up in ownership because of the total, because of the perception of S- Sacramento and everything. <laughs> I might lean more towards a power fade and just have minimal exposure. Yeah, and Saddle's been playing really well too. Yeah, and that's what scares me. <laughs> yeah, that's what really scares me is is he's playing very very well. Like, he's playing well, and he's also priced really well. So I mean, I don't I don't think you can avoid Sato very much. Like I like like Kyrie Sato are are probably my pairing at at the, at the moment. But as you know, I usually play between five and ten different lineups. And so, like, I'll have a little bit of Shamit, which I think nobody will have versus Boston. Uh, but I think he can do some damage. Um, you know, I'll, I'll have uh, some Reggie Jackson, a little bit, not too much. I'll have some Pat Bev. Like, I'll have a lot of these different guys. And we'll see what, what goes on with Kyle Lowry. We heard rumblings of him possibly sitting today. It would make a lot of sense, considering they're playing a depleted Cleveland team. Um 
you know, which case we'll have to look at some Jeremy Lin a little bit closer. That'll be value that'll pop up there. I mean, there's other options here, but, you know, for me, I even have a Westbrook-Kyrie pairing that I think can do a lot of damage. So it's just a matter, and don't forget uh, Chris Paul versus, you know, versus Kemba. Um, Let's see how they've been doing. Versus Charlotte. Yeah, they're about middle of the field. Charlotte has been versus the point guard here in the last couple of weeks. Um, so I don't hate it, but. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm really not on Kemba. Uh, I don't mind Chris Paul. I think 8,900 is a little bit tough, especially considering Darren Fox's is $900 below. Um, right now, ownership projections have Paul below Fox. Um but you know it's just it's going to kind of depend on how this news kind of goes through because i i don't think that we're done with um with people being out today oh yeah i agree uh i agree what are you doing with spencer dinwiddie i'm not paying 7k for him okay if i told you he was six thousand on DraftKings, i have a lot of interest just wanted to make that well, well, well clear. Uh, let's go to shooting guards. Top guy of the day is uh, obviously James Harden. He's 12-4 going up against Charlotte. Uh, After that stinker. Yeah. I don't know. I, I guess I don't mind it. Um, yeah, I think just don't mind it is about right. I mean, look look at it this way, right? They're, they're, they're fully healthy now. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, I mean, we, we remember he was priced at 14K when they weren't, but but he doesn't have that 80. I mean, he does, but not as common with Chris Paul and Gordon and Capella and everyone being back. Um, he can certainly decide, you know what? I'm taking over this game. Yes, it happens. But if I'm paying that much, I kind of like Bradley Beal for less. I mean, I'm not going to play much Beal regardless, but I'm saying... If I'm going to be paying up, um, I kind of like Beal, who also does a ton for his team. So, uh, I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence. Yeah, I don't. I, I'm kind of right there with you. Right now, I've got about 50% Harden, uh, maybe a little bit less. But it's not, you know, obviously it's, you know, still four hours away from lock. So, I'm not really quite sure. Yeah. Um, I like Donovan Mitchell a lot better. I like oh, Buddy Heald. Um, you can go down to Bogdanovich. Uh, Jalen Brown is now a, going to probably be one of the highest owned players on the slate. Um, Don't forget Jeremy Lamb. I was trying to get there in a sense of how are you going to handle it because his price is going up as it should. As it should, yeah. Um, well, here's the thing. Now that they're missing two players and, and Lamb doesn't two, there play. There could be three more of them out, too. <laughs> well, we don't know. But as of yeah. right now, they're missing two. But those two players aren't – they don't play his position. So it doesn't directly affect. But where I think it will is in a smaller style game here. Like I could see them running, you know, obviously Kemba and Batum and Lamb – um, and Kaminsky at the five, maybe, you know, uh, something like that. So, I mean, there's 
well, Kaminsky would be the backup five because they'll probably need a Biombo to match up with Capella. Uh, they also have Hernan Gomez who can who will probably play some minutes. Yeah, um, but you know, and so they're all what, cheap as freaking. Yeah, they're all basically free. They're all free. So you pick. You know, they'll play one of their bigs, and then, it, like I said, it's going to be. You know, Kemba, Lamb, Batum, and whomever else. Uh, I mean, it could be anyone. So uh, I don't see how Lamb doesn't play 33 minutes in a pretty nice tempo game. He's 6,500. We've seen him put up 55 guys like lately. So I think this is a really good spot for Lamb. Yeah, I do too. Uh, I really do like him tonight. Um, I If you can't quite get up to Lamb... Um, I don't mind going down to Bogdanovich. Um, you know, if Jalen Brown's your other one, or if you're if you're being ballsy and fading Jalen Brown, and you want to go with a buddy Jeremy Lamb or a Jeremy Lamb Bogdanovich, then I think you're good there too. So, um, Lou Williams, so if, if you had a choice here, and I'm talking okay. about before we get to Lou, if okay. you had a choice here, and you're talking about. And obviously their price is different. So from a point from a point per dollar perspective, mm-hmm. you've got one shooting guard slot, and it's Buddy or Bogdanovich. Um, and price doesn't matter. You said no. Answer on a price per dollar standpoint. Oh, a point per dollar. Yeah. I know it's tough. Yeah, it is. Um. I'd probably say Bogdanovich because hard to argue. I, I think because he's going to play more of the three. Well, um, he definitely plays the three with Buddy at the two, but that just means Zariza on him. That's why I'm a little bit more hesitant, just a little more hesitant. But I think they can go big and like Buddy and, and throw Belizia at the three. I don't know. It's I'm going to have to look, but uh, I think if we're going point per dollar, I think it's Bogdanovich. Like I, and I love buddy tonight. Um, but I like, I really do like Bogdanovich too. So it's tough to argue that it really is. It's tough to argue that, but uh, man, I just love playing Buddy. I really do. It's just a lot of fun, dude. I mean, we know that we don't have to talk me into playing Buddy. <laughs> so, um, okay, so let's get to Jeremy Lamb. Right. Or sorry, not Jeremy Lamb, Lou Williams. Okay. Um, I was looking at Jeremy Lamb's name, thinking Lou Williams, and boom, there you go. Um, if you didn't play him on Friday against Oklahoma City, then I <laughs> I want to say this by being in the nicest way possible. Um, you need to rethink exactly who you're listening to or how you're listening to them because we said on this show on Friday that he was our top play at the position. Yeah. Like, that included whoever else was on the slate. We were all over Lou Williams. Um, Mm -hmm. and then it came out later in the day that Oklahoma city was on a maw game of a nine and a half. 
and I was like, okay, here we go. And I lowered all exposure to Oklahoma City guys. Some of them I took out completely. And that included going like 10% Steven Adams against the Clippers, which is something that we just don't do. And baiting Paul George completely on FanDuel and having like, I think, 10% of them on DraftKings. And I was just, uh, we crushed. Um, Indeed. Like, but with that said, I'm not going to him tonight. He's going to have Marcus Smart all over him. I get it. I do. Um, how do I put this? I don't know if I care. Um, I mean, I do somewhat, but I've I've seen over the last 10 games, I've seen the elite scorers, which is what... Lou Williams is, I mean, historical, right? Um, do a lot of damage. And I think that um, that's something that I'm not going to shy away from. Now, am I going to go heavy on Lou? Of course not. Because uh, the matchup would say that that's crazy to do, which it is. Uh, so I get that. But at the same time, um, I'm still going to have some exposure. You know he's never broke 34 against uh, Marcus Smart the last two seasons, three seasons? Yeah, I could see that. He's also on a different level right now. He's uh, also just, higher priced than he's ever been. I've been watching his last five games. He's just, he just, he just scores over anyone. It's amazing. But yeah, I mean, look, I, I don't, I'm not saying Will, Lou's a good play. I'm saying Lou uh, is somebody I want to have a little bit of exposure to. Gotcha. So, uh, I don't know what to do with these nets. Um, I'll have a little bit of exposure to each of them, but um, I'm not going to – to the Brooklyn Nets. Like, mm. uh, all of the Nets backcourt – like, all of the Nets completely, period. Like, I'll have a little bit of exposure to each of them. I don't know which one I want more of. Uh, typically, shooting guards against Detroit is a way that we want to attack, but, I mean, do you attack with Alan Crabb? Do you attack with Karis LeVert? Do you attack with D'Angelo Russell? I mean, It's tough, man. It's tough. I mean, like – at this point, you know, Crab plays significantly more minutes than Lavert does as the starter. And yeah, I don't think Lavert's fully back. Oh, he's definitely not. But he's he's thirty eight hundred on Fandle. Like that's a fantastic drop score situation with with legitimate upside. Mm -hmm. um, so that's something you, we can definitely look at. Um, the problem is there's also about ten other ones. <laughs> Today. Yeah, no, I get it. I mean, it, they're they're the new Knicks in turn, in that sense. Right? No, 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 no. Ten other just... drop score candidates. Oh, that, I see. I see. Yeah, That's, yeah. Um, I do like some Luke Kennard today again. Last time we went to Kennard, uh, I was getting praised because he just smashed. Uh, it's a good spot for him again. Uh, you know, it's a good game. I, again, this this is a phenomenal game. I don't I don't know how the game total is that low to be honest with these two teams, but it is. Because um, Brooklyn's but, actually been pretty decent uh, defending the wing the last certainly have. 12 games. They certainly have. And you can credit a lot of that to Damari Carroll getting significantly more minutes. Uh -huh. um, that helps them a lot. That's uh, what kind of leads me off of some of these uh, backcourt guys for the Pistons. Um, 
like if we just look at the ADVP, they've got the second worst matchup yeah. on the board. And the only yeah. one that's worse is against the Clippers. <laughs> so now you have to decide who the reasoning why the Clippers have that ADVP and who he is going to be on. And then you have to go the other way. Like I, they're not going to stick Pat Beverly on, you know, Jalen Brown and Marcus smart 90, 90% of the game. So I think there you've got the ability to, you know, kind of gain an edge on that aspect, you know? Sure. Makes sense. Someone that's going to pop up a lot here because, um, because the Cavs are injured now. You, you, we're going to get a lot of David Nawaba questions. Um, because he's going to start popping up a lot, particularly on the DS. If you, uh, once we get all of these Cleveland guys officially ruled out, uh, and who knows who else is going to be ruled out for them. But so Nawaba is, is not, I mean, if you want to eat, like you said, there's a million other drop scores. He's certainly one of them. Um, you know, you can put him as a drop score. I wouldn't play him on DK. Uh, outside of you know a long shot kind of thing if you're building you know several lineups but uh that's about it i don't i don't even mind playing marcus smart here um i think marcus smart also has some some elite upside here with his steel ability um he's been playing really 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 good ball as of late as well uh, that lakers game even with kyrie putting up 56 fantasy points smart still hit almost 30 um so yeah i mean a lot to love there yep yep um that'll also bring into conversation jordan clarkson a little bit as well so um, yeah you brought up a stat the other night i would like for you to tell our folks about a certain uh detroit guard which one was that you didn't have to refresh my memory uh, i think it was langston galloway oh yeah yeah let me pull it up here um Langston, oh man. Okay, so Langston Galloway has been absolutely on fire. We we kind of know this. Um and he has just absolutely been lighting it up. I'm trying to find it here. I didn't know you were gonna ask me about that, so I didn't have it ready. When was their last game? Was it yesterday? Whose last game? Detroit. Sorry. Yeah, they played yesterday. But okay. they smashed. They smashed yesterday, I think. So that means it would be in yesterday's conversation. Uh since play since not playing in the first half of the Miami coming out of at Miami coming out of the All-Star break. Langston Galloway has hit 27 of 37 triples, 62% over his last eight games, and the Pistons are 7-1. and one. Mm-hmm. Like, the dude is shooting 62% from beyond the arc. He's shooting out of his mind, man. Yeah. It's, it's just, and he's shooting out of his mind. This is where you start to, like, try to figure out where does the... He, I mean, he's he's basically he's he's min price on DraftKings, or I mean on Fanduel. He is uh, thirty one hundred on DraftKings. Like he doesn't play a ton of minutes. Um, 
although he has been playing like 22-24 the last couple games. Uh, he got 29 against Chicago yesterday. But, like, he's a guy, like, if you're making 100, 150 lineups, like, he's a guy that you can throw into 10, 15 of them. Definitely. And if Absolutely. he gets hot again, because he's not going to be chalked, because nobody's thinking about Langston Galloway. I'm sorry. Now, the one caveat I will say to this, if Bruce Brown is back, I think it knocks him a little bit. But only in terms of minutes, I still think that he's good. And because you can take a shot on this, it's not, oh, we're going to fade him because he, uh, you know, he's going to be highly owned and he's just on a hot streak and we're waiting for him to come back down to earth. He's not going to be owned. So you don't have a reason to fade completely. Now, I'm not saying right. if you're playing a three-entry max, you're putting him in any of your entries. It's not what I'm saying. You need to be making you know, what, 75 to 100 to 150 lineups in order to have some Langston Galloway. But I will have him in some. Yeah. So I'll probably have him in about 5%, 10%. The problem with with that on FanDuel, though, is that you only get two shooting guards, and that's the most loaded, like, <laughs> the most loaded position by a mile. So that's yeah. going to be tough. Yep, sure is. So, all right, let's move on to small forward here. I don't know what I'm doing with Paul George yet. Um, I'm still waiting for them to get out of shoot around in uh, Utah. Um, Before we go into the top ones, let me ask you a question. Okay. What What is going on with Bielita? Uh He's playing 26 minutes a game. He is getting more rotation run because of the fact that uh, Bagley is out. Um, and he's being a lot more aggressive when it comes to actually shooting the ball. You could say that again, but here's why I'm asking. So, so I know Bagley's been out, but Bagley initially when he was out those first couple of games, we didn't see much Bielitsa like this. We saw him some, but we didn't see 26 minutes of Bielitsa. Right. So what changed? Um, going small wasn't working, I guess. Yeah. I mean, you got to think, who are they throwing out there at the four with Willie Cauley-Stein? It's been Harrison Barnes. Right. And or they've put Harrison Barnes at the three and, you know, they've got a bunch of wing guys and they kind of just rotate who plays the three, who plays the four. But Harrison Barnes, like... Harrison Barnes isn't what I would call a a very skilled offensive um, <laughs> player. Uh, he can shoot at times, but yeah. when you're talking about cleaning up the garbage around the around the basket, yeah. it's not something that he. And I think that Bielitsa works a lot better uh, with Willie Cauley Stein down there than Harrison Barnes does. Um, I mean, you're talking thirteen shots against the Knicks on Saturday. Um, you know, he went for five, five, two, one, and two. He's getting the block, so he's also around the rim a lot. Yeah, they so need him to be. Maybe he's playing some of that backup five too. I think he is. I think he is. I think it, I think he and he and Giles are playing together at the four and five for the backup, backing up Barnes and and, and Willie. Um so yeah, I think that's probably what it is. All right. So, because I mean, you're talking about 23, 30, and 28 minutes is the last three games. 
So that's a lot. That that really has my interest versus Washington. It really does. Mm-hmm. So well, I mean, yeah. he's one of the top values on the board, but he's not priced cheap anymore. They they jacked him up from Saturday. He was forty one hundred on Saturday. He's forty six hundred now. He's listen. He's he's priced up, but he's still undervalued. Yes, yes. I'm. I I don't want to. I don't want to. I didn't want it to sound like you know he wasn't worth the price. He definitely, definitely is. It's just more of like, um, he's not a secret anymore. Is right. I guess my my thing. You know, he's forty two on DK still. I think he's going to be higher owned over there, but he's not a secret anymore. Like, no, he's not. People take notice for this. Yes. Um, especially when he's going to pop off of every freaking optimizer in the industry. Indeed, he is. <laughs> so, um, indeed, he is. Your pivot. Uh, well, there's not really a pivot there because Gordon Hayward's going to pop off every freaking optimizer in the industry. You're one of your mo- more common um, ways to do the small forward position at at on Fanduel tonight is going to be like a Hayward Bielitsa combo if you're going with like a Russ a Harden combo. Yeah. Um, or it's going to be like a George Kawhi and then either Hayward and Bielitsa. Um. You're going to see a lot of Royce O'Neal today too. Like those five, six guys are going to be mainly where um, a lot of the ownership is going to be. So guys like, you know, CD Osman against Toronto, Uh, guys like um, Jabari Parker against Sacramento. Who would love that? Um, Danilo Gallinari against Boston, like Trevor Ariza against Sacramento. These guys are going to go Nicholas Batum against Houston. These guys are going to go under own because of the, the value at the position being so top heavy. And then you've got um, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard sitting up the, the top by themselves. So let me ask you this because they're about the same price. Let's say in your lineup, you've got Kyrie Irving. Okay. Let's I, say you've got him paired with Al Horford, which I'm going to have a lot of. Then you get to your small forward. You've got $4,700 left. You popping in Hayward or are you doing like a... No, I'm going I'm going Bielitsa. Or I'm going to go down or Joe Harris to or, a Joe Harris or Damari Carroll. So here's um, a guy that I love a lot that we're not talking enough about. I love me some Jeff Green tonight. Like, love me some Jeff Green yeah, I mean, I can I can definitely see it. There's there's a lot of like Jay Crowder. I'm I'm completely off Jay Crowder tonight, um, and, and I'll we'll we'll talk about why here in just a moment. Yeah, um, you know, Damari Carroll, Royce O'Neal is, I mean, Royce O'Neal's Royce O'Neal. If you need a thirty five hundred dollar drop at the position, then go for Royce O'Neal. But I don't think you're going to need to. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, there's. You, you've got guys like Miles Bridges that's going to see and Dwayne Bacon. They're going to see more time tonight as well. Um, and those are the guys that I want that, I, that I've been looking at here lately, particularly Bridges. Unfortunately, I, it's I don't know if it's a Bridges game now. Now, for all we know, you know, they could decide to try to put Bridges on on uh, you know on Capella. I, I don't know if it'll work, but we we just don't know because this is kind of unprecedented to have both of these bigs missing, but. You know, and like you said, they might have some more guys missing. Now they have more guys missing. Who else is questionable there? Uh, so Lamb is in. Michael Kidd Gilchrist. See, if MKG misses, then I have even more interest in Bridges. Yeah, especially with Marvin Williams out. Um, 
Zeller's out. Zeller's out. So it's they're they're running low on bodies. Yeah. Um. So we'll have to see who comes up throughout the day. Uh, Joe Harris, he's the, another one of those Knicks or Nets guys. Um, don't really know exactly how it's going to play out, but I'm going to have a little bit of exposure to all of them. It's been a struggle. It's been a struggle. And there's, because there's no trend to it. Like That's what I mean. It's, it's really just very game, de- game scenario dependent. Mm-hmm. It's um, who, yeah. And it's, it's who gets hot and who's got the open looks. Yeah. It'll, it, you know, it could be crab. It could be Dinwiddie. It could be Russell. It could be Lavert. It could be Harris. It could be Carroll. I mean, there's just so many guys, guys here that, I mean, that's what I mentioned before. It's like the new Knicks. Like you just kind of have to pick one or two and hope you're right. I Except mean, they're good. Well, well, yeah, I'm talking about DFS wise. Um, uh, okay. So here's a question with all of these, all of these guys out for Charlotte, do you have more interest or less interest in Nicholas Batum knowing that um, the spacing is probably going to be a little bit different uh, uh, down low against the the Rockets? It'll be different, but I I don't think that it um, that it lowers you know his his ceiling because you're probably going to see a lot more of Lamb, and that's that's going to spread the floor out enough. But what I so 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 here we, what we've always said is uh, with Batuma to two we love it right. Mm-hmm. Well, now he's probably going to play a lot more of the three. I but, know that's why I was asking the question. But well, that's what I'm answering. But given the lack of size, now I think Batum has to crash the boards a lot more. Um, I think the ball will move around a lot more, given the smaller style game, allowing him for some more assists. Um, I'm not as in love with the play, but I, I'm not completely shying away either because I think what what he might lose in some shots he could gain in rebounds and assists. Yeah, so I don't think that he's going to be around the boards that much because he's they're still going to have Biombo, Kaminsky, Hernan Gomez down low that they can rotate in and out. Um unless you're thinking that he could end up playing some small ball four with Kaminsky or with Hernan yeah. Gomez. Well, likely Kaminsky. Yeah. Okay. Because I'm I'm looking at outside of Capella like they're really small. Farid is back. PJ Tucker's small. I mean, their 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 front court is small. Okay, that like makes that makes more sense than in my in in the way that I was thinking. Um, yeah. now if MKG is in, does that change your thought? Yeah, well, a little bit, a little bit. I mean, he's doubtful, so I'm not I'm not I'm just gonna assume he's gone. Usually, okay. doubtful guys don't usually play. So, yep. Uh, I'll put a notice in the coaches channel in our chat rooms uh, a little bit later on what I'm going to do with Paul George. I need to do some digging and everything, and I need to look at that. Um, the good thing is he has had a couple days since that last game. I know so. that's what's that's what's kind of like got me where I might want to go back to him again tonight. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I've got some already. So. so all right, let's talk about power forwards here because there's two up at the top that we have to talk about: um, Blake Griffin, Kevin Love. Everybody's going to flock to Kevin Love. I'm not. I think Blake Griffin by far the play. And we said this the other day. I like Blake. He's, he has not performed well. Um, I don't think he's going to be highly owned because of his recent right. performances. Um, and that includes yesterday. Um, 
Look, he guys, he's got 60-point upside. We've seen it. And he's too good of a player to not bounce and snap out or like snap out of this. It's um, coming. It's coming. And his price just keeps going down, 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 down. Yeah. So I'm going to keep playing, 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 playing him. As you should. As you should. As will I. Uh, I'm playing him tonight, too. Uh, a lot. Uh, Kevin Love's going to have Pascal Siakam on him. Now, Kevin Love is a former All-Star He's back to health. He's shown tremendous upside. He's put put up 50, 50 burgers all you know several times. Um, he's gonna struggle. Mm-hmm. He's gonna he's gonna struggle, and he's got no. He doesn't have Larry Nance to help him down low anymore, uh, which he needs. He's not. He's he's a finesse player, so he needs that big. And Zizic is, you know, young, inexperienced. Um, is going to struggle versus either Gasol or Ibaka. Uh, it's it's going to be a tough play for him. So I don't. I prefer Blake Griffin too. Um, I obviously like Siakam, but at that price with Kawhi back, probably not. Um, you know who really interests me? Please don't say him. I'm going to. Okay. Bobby Portis. Ugh. And I'll tell you why. Because ultimately, again, we're going to see this game go small. Portis is. Portis is kind of like a Montrez Harrell with but with more of a shot, right? Because Harrell doesn't shoot. But he's got the motor. He just doesn't stop. In a game with this type of pace where you've been able to attack Sacramento, um, I like a lot of Bobby Portis here. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I've played him a I couple times like, lately. And I like Ariza. I like Jeff Green better. Yeah, like. Sure. Now I don't get me wrong, I like Portis, but like I'm not diminishing the fact that Willie Cauley Stein is actually a pretty pretty good defender. Um not saying that he can't be had because obviously we've seen that. He's very inconsistent. Um but he's 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 no slouch on the defensive end. Um he's, he's not. He's definitely not. And that's what scares me a little bit about Bobby Portis. When I can go to Derek Favors, who crushes Oklahoma City, and sure. for the same I like price, I like Favors too. I've got no issue with Favors. Um, I just feel that the you know, I think he'll go underlooked. Um, with you know Siakam, Love, Griffin, you think he'll go uh, underlooked in the highest total of the night? Yes, because then you have um, uh, Marcus Morris, who will be. Complete Son jock. of a monkey. What? The Redskins just signed Landon Collins. All right. Um, Sorry. That's okay. I was random. So, I mean, you've got, like I said, you've got uh, Frank Kaminsky at 4,500 who's projected for 30 minutes. You've got Marcus Morris at 5,100 who's projected for 30 minutes. How does the whole field not play those two guys for that kind of value? So that's why when you look at guys like Portis and Favors and Griffin and even Jeremy Grant, who's not in the greatest of spots, but who's also cheap, like Serge Ibaka, depending if he starts or not. Like you've got these other players, even P.J. Tucker, um, even Ed Davis, who will be needed for their size. Marquise Chris will probably. I was about to say, can I just play Marquise Chris? (laughs) I mean, you've you've got a lot of other options here. But the chalk, make no mistake, Kaminsky and Morris are going to be the chalk. There's no doubt about that. Those two combination power forwards are going to be the highest on across the board on all sites because of their prices. 
I actually right now currently now it's it's obviously could change. Um, right now currently we have Chris and Kaminsky as the top as the top guys. Yeah, as far as value, sure. No, 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 no ownership. Ew. Yeah, like it's Kaminsky at forty five percent, which is obvious. But then it goes Marquise Chris at twenty nine, and then Blake Love, Siakam, Grant, Portis. So if Marcus Morris, <laughs> because everybody's flocking to Gordon Hayward and Jalen Brown and all these other guys, if Marcus Morris and Al Horford, if he's gonna go forgotten about, lock. Oh my <laughs> god, dude! Oh I, I, my I, god! I just realistically, I just don't see that being possible. But yeah. Like we'll see how the ownership projections kind of uh, fluctuate throughout the day, but yeah, I don't, I don't see that being possible either. Um, you got any interest? At, I mean, you can't play Harry Giles at forty five hundred for twenty minutes when you got Kaminsky sitting there, right? Tough to do. Yeah, tough to do. It's really tough. Um, to do. Let's see here. Jamichael Green's thirty seven hundred dollars. I don't think so. Um, not against. He just he plays anywhere between 12 to 18 minutes. Um, he's very important to that team. Don't get me wrong, but I don't know. So we'll have to see exactly how um, you can say that again. The uh, the Toronto front court um, shakes out because that's going to have your that's that's basically what you're waiting on is who's it going to be? Is it going to be Gasol? Is it going to be uh, Abaka? Um, I tend to think today it's going to be Gasol. Uh, but I would not be shocked if it's Abaka either. But I only I, I think it's going to be Gasol because of the fact that Zizek is probably going to start. Um, now, if they start Love at the five, then they'll probably start Abaka. Yeah. So that's just kind of the way I'm thinking there. But yeah, yeah, yeah it's um, it's it's one of those things with Kaminsky. I'm going to as of right now, I'm over the field. Um, Stu Kamba at yeah, Stu Kamba. Not much over. I'm about fifty-five to sixty-five percent. Um, and my core today is set at seventy seventy-five. Mm-hmm. My core guys are gonna like Blake Griffin right now is a part of my core. Um, you know, um, Jalen Brown part of my core, but those are the only two core guys I have set in stone as of right now. But Minsky is approaching it. Uh, let's talk about centers here. Centers against Brooklyn. Andre Drummond, 10-6. If you're telling me... Okay, so so here's the thing. If you're telling me that I can have 70% Blake and 20% um, Andre Drummond, I'm going to be overweight probably on both of them, and they're going against the Brooklyn Nets front court. I I don't know how like you're not just absolutely going giddy over that type of roster construction. I mean, yeah, it's it's tough to argue that. Um it's tough to argue that. So, I mean, that doesn't mean that like Drummond's my favorite play, but he's definitely no. he's definitely a guy that, you know, he can go put up 65. I mean, he's in that he's in that spot, right? I mean, uh, we love playing them against Brooklyn uh, bigs, them being bigs against Brooklyn. Um, we have all year. We've continued to do it. I mean, I don't realistically, I don't see how you know how he doesn't smash. 
Um, but it's possible. It's quite possible he doesn't. Hmm. I just I think from from a so I mentioned this earlier in the chat in our in our our uh, army chat. I think the right tournament only play. Don't do this in cash. Don't do this ninety percent. Do this in one or two lineups. Is to go from Drummond to Jarrett Allen. I'll tell you why here in a second. Uh, and then go from uh, instead of Drummond, play Blake Griffin, where like we said, the ownership's not going to be there. Um, all the ownership's going to be on Drummond. Now Drummond has put up some insane numbers as of late, but understand that Zaza Pachulia has been out. And you're thinking mm-hmm. who gives a sh- who gives a shit, right? Well, it makes a big difference because when Zaza is out. They let Drummond play like damn near 40 minutes. Yeah, he's been playing, what, 38? I mean, a lot of minutes because they don't really have a true dominant big backup like Drummond. So when Drummond sits, they're kind of screwed because yeah. Blake Blake is kind of a softy when it comes yeah. to that kind of stuff. Now, don't, don't look into his last game because uh, yesterday against Chicago, that was a blowout. They, they, they didn't play a lot. Uh, he only needed to play 29 minutes. So, but you look at the the two games before that, Chicago and uh, Minnesota, mm. and he played 38 and 43 minutes. Um, so yeah, it's it's definitely one of those things. Like if if Zaza if Zaza, if Zaza, if Zaza, if Zaza is back, um, depending on how the field reacts, is going to depend. Like I still love this. And if his ownership is still going to be below 20%, I can just set him at 17% men or 20% men and just go from there. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about, um, like, we all know that Al Horford is a good play, right? We don't need to really go over the reasoning why. Uh, no, I no longer think that way. We got we to gotta, we gotta explain everything to everyone at all times. Well... <laughs> The reason I say that is we're running low on time and then we need to talk about these three guys down at the bottom. Okay. We need to talk about Zizek, Biombo, and Hernan Gomez. Okay. So Horford's a strong play, phenomenal matchup, tons of minutes, more opportunities, blah, 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 play Horford. The second guy before we go down to the bottom that I like here a lot over the last two weeks, ready for this? The Utah Jazz are the worst at defending the center by... 65 miles like it's not even close like it, they're far and above the worst at that spot it's it's ridiculous so i have a lot of interest in both steven adams and nervin's noel okay yes. okay <laughs> yes we'll argue yes. about that one later uh yes. okay so we have to talk about zizek biombo and gomez okay um yeah your chalk play of the day down here is probably going to be zizik 100 it is. and the reason is is because people are not going to want to play frank kaminsky and matt bismack biombo together or hernan gomez i think honestly i give it 60 40 that bismack biombo outscores zizik i can see it 
I can definitely see it. So, and I, agree, and, and I, I think I agree with you. So if, and, and I don't mind playing both Kaminsky and Biombo together in the same lineup. Hmm. I'm not going to do it in a ton of them. Like, I don't mind doing, doing it for different roster construction because now you're getting off the Zizek chalk. Um, you're still covering your chalkiness with, um, or you can just get bold and fade them both. I've got several of those scenarios myself. Because <laughs> um, it's not like Kaminsky's cheap anymore. So, and you can play Blake and Marky, Marcus Morris and then just turn around and play Bismack Miyambo. Like you, those can be your three down low guys on Fandle. And yeah. I still think you're in a fantastic position. Um, I will have some shares of Willie Hernan Gomez be just in case Biombo gets handsy with uh, Clint Capella. Um, because he's a stretch five, he can come in, he can shoot the, he can shoot the three. Now I will say this: if that does happen, if Biombo ends up um, getting handsy and they end up throwing out Hernan Gomez more at the five or two or more Frank Kaminsky at the five. I'm really scared about what that could do to Clint Capella's upside. Scared in what sense? Because I think they end up throwing out Kenneth Fareed to guard him. Mm. Like it's going to pull him away from the basket. I just don't, I don't see him going for 55. Um, if Biombo is not a major part of this game. I could see that. So that's that's my only only inclination or um, hesitation with a guy like Clint Capella today. I mean, I I still do like him. Don't get me wrong. I can see it. But when it comes to that part of it, it's very very easy to see um, him getting pulled away from the basket today. Um, and that brings Kenneth Farid into the conversation if he needs to. It does. Um, if he's going to end up getting more more run because of that, or if Clint Capella ends up getting into foul trouble, like there's this game, there's a lot of different ways that it can go, and I don't foresee one being more dominant of a way than the other. If that makes sense. Um. Like I can see this, like it, say we had 50 games, I could see it being pretty much 50-50 that it could happen both ways a lot of times. Yeah, I can see that. Um, in I'm fact, not, I'm, I'm going to make a note to look and see who the refs are tonight because I usually do that on Harden games anyways, and that'll let me know how, on exactly which way I'm going to go a little bit more. Yeah. Um, no, I don't, I don't, uh, I threw a wrinkle in it, didn't I? <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying for me, I think like, I'm not going to hesitate playing Biombo and Kaminsky together either. So, I mean, you're talking about, you know, two guys that are now basically playing more than they have who are priced with the exception of Kaminsky, but even Kaminsky and it, like, here, like you want to play three point shooters, particularly bigs, versus Houston because that shot is going to go up a lot. Now, obviously, it has to fall, but all you, which you can't control. So, all you really want to do is put yourself in a position where 
where you can like defend or excuse me, you can um, play the guys that are going to put up those shots. That's really all you can do. Them falling, you can't control. But if Kaminsky starts to get his three-point shot to fall, it's actually significantly better for Biombo because he's down low doing the rebounds. And like I can see a double-double game for Biombo easily here. Um, you know, and the thing about I like about Biombo is that uh Patriots, no Lions, Trey Flowers. Ooh. Um is that last time so there was an earlier part of the year where he was just inactive. He was healthy. He was just inactive for, you know, 25 games, whatever it was. And then somebody went out. Uh, it, it was when Zeller went down. Yeah, it was when Zeller went down. Um, you know, Biombo came in and he just crushed. I mean, he crushed his first game back. Like, you have to understand something about Biombo. Like, he's still playing for a contract. Like, mm-hmm. he, like he, he, got, he got his nice big one from Toronto. Then they traded him away, and and he's kind of been just disappeared here. But he gets a chance to play now. He he's gonna want to show like I I'm still a big center in this league. Um, so I I love the Biombo play. Whereas honestly, man, no one's gonna touch him. Everyone's gonna go to Zizic because the the optimizers are all gonna show thirty minutes for Zizic. They're probably gonna show like twenty for Biombo. Twenty. Yeah, in the low twenties. And that might change depending on who starts, right? We'll see. Hopefully, we'll hear that sooner than later. Um, but I, I do love the Biombo play. Like I'm, I'm gonna play a decent amount of him. Yep, I will too. Um, anything else you want to uh, hit on before we get out? Um, yeah. Since we're gonna get asked about Thomas Bryant a ton, I mean, it's coming. I just unchecked him. Yeah, there's no need to play Thomas Bryant. He's not minimum price. You've got Zizic and Biombo and Hernan Gomez, all minimum price on FanDuel. You even got Aaron Baines if you want to get stupid. Um, <laughs> I mean, you've got all kinds of other options there. I, like, I will even have a little bit of Zubak tonight. Because, I haven't checked him, too. Okay. I won't uncheck him because I think that 20 minutes is actually wrong. I don't think he's going to be playing 20. He'll be playing a little bit more. And the first Clipper game... Um, versus the Celtics, he put up like 30, which again, his price is not the greatest. But Wasn't he with the Lakers then? No, it was his first Clipper game. Oh, okay. Sorry, I, I, miss, I misheard that. Feb- February 9th. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, you know, back, just there are so many other options. Can Thomas Bryant go off? Sure. It's anyway, I mean, Thon Maker can go off if we're going to talk about can he, right? Anyone can go off. But in terms of the right play, just I'm not – I just can't do it. Oh. Um, my – I've got Zizek, Horford, Capella, Stein, Biombo, Drummond right now in my builds. Those are my guys. Yeah. Um, I'm not – you know, I might throw a little bit of Allen in there. Uh, if Gasol starts, I might toss him in a couple lineups, and I'm definitely going to have some Hernan Gomez in a couple lineups. But – um, my center player pool, unless something dra- drastic happens, is pretty much set. So my center player pool, Dizic, Biombo, Horford, Allen, Collie Stein. As of right now, that will change, but that's what it is as of now. There you go. All right, guys, that's going to do it for us today. Um, 
I don't know what the pot schedule is going to be like this week just because of the fact that uh, we're at the mercy of a two-year-old. But uh, we will be on every day that we possibly can, and we are guaranteed locked for Friday. So um, other than that, uh, we'll kind of figure it out from there. But we got a good week of or we got a good week of NBA slates this weekend, so uh, it's going to be a lot, a lot of fun. Um, Bear, let's get out of here because the Jazz and Thunder are just now finishing shoot around. So let's get out. So, all right, for myself, for uh, Mr. Bear, for the DFS Army, peace out. We gone.